0: Welcome everybody to the Friar Talk podcast. Today we're going to be recapping the Brewers series, then we're going to preview the Astros Astros series a little bit, and then finally we're going to talk about the pitching rotation because there's a lot of things going on in that department. Uh, But let's get started with this Brewers series. Isaac Ward, just your overall thoughts on this series and how did you think the Padres performed?
1: Uh, I thought it was a pretty good series. You know, we were able to put up a, co- a lot of runs, I feel like. Um, you know, Manny was out for most of the series. We were kind of having some depth issues. Uh, no Manny. Will was struggling at the plate. So overall, you know, I'm pretty happy with this series, how it went. I know we only split the series. We expected to go 3-1. and one, But, uh, you know, nothing to be nothing to be mad about. Splitting the series is perfectly fine, especially considering how hot we've been the past, um, you know, the past really, like, ever since that last Dodger series, we've been a hot baseball team. I I would argue we've been the best baseball team. So it's still really good to see that we're at least we're not losing the series. And I definitely expect that these next couple games against, you know, the Mets, the Cubs, you know, like a handful of good baseball teams we're going to be playing. And I think that's where we're going to see, you know, we're going to be testing the death and we're really going to be seeing if this Padres team is for real, which I think we all know they are, but, you know, hopefully everyone gets to see that. And I think, I think that's what they're going to do. And especially considering we haven't had Manny second best player. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with splitting the series.
2: Yeah. Even then, you know, we only split the series with the last two games. We did win the third game, but this last game, they walked it off in extras in the 10th. And you know what? It was a really close game all the way up until then. So can't really complain. They did everything to do to win. And you know what? Happy for them. They won. Uh, The pitching was pretty good. Really wanted to see Ryan Weathers get stretched out to five innings, but you know, with the arms that what has happened in the past and sort of happening now, it's okay for him, you know, to get pulled in the fourth. Maybe you don't send Watch. That's just I mean. You might have a better option on the bench than him, but that's probably my only nitpick for the game. But really want to see some of these starters go longer. You know, Snell needs to go more than five because when you start to look at the innings pitched by the starters and the relievers it's it's really really close and it's not fun to look at
0: yeah i, de- I definitely think that's a, like a big area of concern right now it's just like all right how much how, how many innings are are is this bullpen gonna be able to handle pretty much um that's just been like one of the big things is and i think we were looking at it what was it like it was under like 50 innings i want to say is the difference um and that was like a couple days ago i saw someone tweeted that out where it was a chart and it was like 280 from the starters and like two I want to say like 230 from the relievers something around that and it's just like it's really close it's one of the I think it's one of the closest um, in the league and you just haven't had many many guys go that long and kind of looking back on the series I do want to bring this up real quick I thought this was one of the best series of the whole of the whole season two extra inning games one game where Jake Cronenworth makes an amazing play in the top of the 10th and the Brewers won today and you know what they went on a sweet walk-off where a guy smoked the ball like over the was it Will was Will? that was in right field. Yeah, I think it was Will in right field. So you know, smokes it over Will, and it's just like, hey, you know, you gotta give him props for that. They had a great win, and this series was back and forth, and a lot of the games were really close. Um, you know, the Wednesday game, two one, that that game was close the whole time, and it looked like the Potters were gonna lose when Austin Adams came in, um, and then he kind of clutched out the series. So overall, I thought this was a great series, but kind of going back to the pitching stuff, I I think it's a big area of concern. And you look at earlier in the in this series. Joe Musgrove, he only goes four and two thirds. He even came out and said like, hey, I thought it was a good move by, you know, by the coaching staff to pull me. Um, my, my command was slipping and, you know, I don't know if I would have got out of that inning and, and it definitely worked. Um, then today you see the Padres kind of take the approach of, hey, we're not going to, we're not going to let Ryan Weathers go out there for a long time, which is, which is fine, especially with you know his arm not being that great. But then you go to Nabil and and stamina and, and they don't do that great. I know that you had the Tatis double air that really affected things, but you know it, it definitely it definitely affected the game and in, in, on Thursday's game. But I mean it's it's May, you know that that's the thing. So if they're trying to help like keep these arms healthy and ready to go come playoff time, totally get it. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be upset over them, you know not one of these guys to to stretch out too much, but when it comes down to later in the year, it, 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 there is a question of like, how much can the bullpen handle? And we've already seen a couple guys go down early. So I don't know if that's affecting it. I don't know what that is, but definitely something to, I guess, keep an eye on, but going on to the bats, who stood out to you just hitting wise, Isaac?
1: I mean, Eric Hosmer had a pretty good series. I would say, Oh, surprise, surprise, Tommy Pham. I completely forgot that he did really good. He actually had a really good series. He played really good defense. He was good on the base path. He was good at the plate. I don't know his batting average before this series was, but it's at 203 right now, and he's getting on at a really high rate. And that's really good to see, especially considering he's been batting leadoff recently. And uh, it's funny. I say surprise, surprise, because we've been we've been bashing Tommy Pham for a little while. And, I mean, I think we all have as a Padres fan base because the guys, you know, Throughout our lineup, he's been that one guy where, like, okay, bases loaded or runners on second and third, two outs, who's coming up? Oh, no, it's Tommy Pham, right? And then the inning's over, you know, whether it's a one-out, inning-ending double play or just a sack fly to the warning track. Whatever it is from Tommy Pham, it probably happened. But this series, he came around, and, I, I mean, we can only hope that he turns it around. So definitely I think the one guy that all Padres fans think, wow, that was a good series is Tommy Pham.
2: I thought Profar did pretty well this series. I remember just remember that one belt, like a double down the line, then he had another single to lead off an inning. So I just remember him like being really clutch for one game. <sighs> I'm trying to remember for the rest of the series, but I'm pretty sure he did all right. I know he walked today. He didn't do too much today, but I'm pretty sure for the rest of the series he hit pretty well. Profar is just one of those guys, you know, he's a tough at bat. Once he gets on base, he can steal, which, my God, the Padres ran wild. This series, and I'm really happy to see that it was one of the reasons we won against Corbin Burns. It's just because hey, we ran wild and we kind of forced he forced plays that whole Kim still second and Caratini stealing home. Love it, uh, but yeah, I thought Profar did pretty well this series.
0: Yeah, I definitely think Profar had a great series and and fam as well. And you kind of talk about that hey, the Padres r- ran wild this series. The double steal was amazing. That was such a sweet play. Awesome that Caratini's the guy that that comes in at home too. Um, love to see the aggressiveness on the base pass. I know today they got Fam. I don't know if it was. I don't know if he was going to third, but they got him like in between second and third on a pickoff. But still, Fam had an excellent series. Probably, probably these last like two or three series have been just his best stretch of baseball. So I mean, hopefully he he's turning it around. Um, we didn't talk about a, a certain pitcher that's been turning around, so we'll get into him in a second as well. But I think the other guys that kind of mentioned, Eric Hosmer had a couple big hits, but most of his impact was on Thursday. Um, and then Profar, of course, just being great at the top of the lineup. I think the top of the lineup, they did a really good job of – like the Padres didn't really get a ton of like big hits this series, but they scored a good amount of runs every game. I think they had – was it two seven three and 5, I want to say, was overall the game. So, I mean, pretty solid amount of runs scored – and you're pitch- you're going into good pitching staff. Like we were talking about earlier in the year where the situational hitting wasn't there. It was definitely there this series. And it's, it's been there for the last few weeks. And I think that's been the difference in them winning a lot of games because you kind of look at this, I guess not winning streak, but this stretch of winning a lot of ball games in like the last 15 or 16 games, I think they've won 13 out of the last 16. I want to say, and so many times it's a couple, like one or two run game or it's a one-and-two-run game until the eighth or ninth inning where they kind of pull away, and it's just like, hey, how did they score? Oh, a guy scored on a wild pitch, and a guy got sacrificed twice, and then someone hit a single. Like, it's just been consistent batting. Um, another guy to bring up real quick, uh, Clutchettini, big hit in the extra inning game, so got to shout him out. But I, I think for this final part of the, the, uh, the recap for this, this segment, I think that we should talk about Chris Paddock a little bit. And Isaac, I'll let I'll let you lead it off on him just because that's that's been your guy, and and he's he's starting to look really good recently. So, what's your thoughts on him?
1: I don't even know what my thoughts on him are. I mean, I don't whatever he did during that 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 stint on the IL, keep doing it because this dude, I think I think he got taken out after the six. He went six strong against Milwaukee. The only guy that went deep. We all know him, Eric Lauer. What a surprise, right? The one guy that got a, got a big hit off him was Eric Lauer. Um, but he only came, he came out of that game with only like 67 pitches, if I remember correctly, maybe a little more. But he had a really low pitch count, so you know he was doing really good in terms of pitching to contact. He didn't have a high strikeout rate, but with Chris Paddock only having now three pitches because he's starting to throw that curveball a lot more, we're starting to see a better version of Chris Paddock, and he'll probably never be the ace that we thought. But we don't need him to be the ace that we thought he was going to be. He's going to do perfect as a, you know, right now he's a number four starter. So if he keeps this up as a number four starter, you know, what a great turnaround. What a great thing that would be for the Padres because we all had really high hopes for him. The Padres as an organization had really high hopes for him. And, you know, he's exuding confidence right now. And I think it's really good to see that Chris Paddock is finally starting to turn it around. Um, Hopefully you see it through the rest of the season. But I think something else I wanted to bring up before Chase talks about Chris Paddock we did put up a lot of runs, but we also didn't have a lot of big-time hits, like Matt said. And High Heat Stats came out with a stat that says, the Padres are by far the best base-running team so far in 2021. They've made only six out on the base paths, fewest in baseball, and they've all been at third base or home. So they're being really aggressive on the base paths. And they have the highest rate of taking the extra base at 48%, and the average is 40 So, you know, this base running doing, is doing wonders for this team right now. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And
2: the other thing I love is Chris Paddock's curveball. He's using it more – I just remember that one sequence. um, A.J. Kastava, I think, tweeted about it or was one of those guys. Chris Paddock threw three curveballs in a row. One was a first-pitch strike, the other one was a weak ground ball, and then the other one was another strike, like a first-pitch strike. And none of them, like, really swung at it except for, like, the ground ball. They just kind of just watched it go by, and that sets his his other pitches so much more than – when he would just be like, okay, cool. He threw a fastball. Chances are he's going to throw the changeup. It plays his changeup well. His fastball's now has more life to it. His his command is a lot better. That stint off the IL when he just came off. He's been exuding confidence. He's using his pitches better. He's hitting his spots. So I don't know what he went on the aisle for and why he came back or why he went on the aisle, and, but whatever he did – It's definitely working, and I definitely want to see more of his curveballs because, you know what, if he continues to do this, we might have the best four-starter in baseball if he continues this trend.
0: I like that you bring up the curveball because I don't know if you saw his comments on it, but he said, like, hey, my curveball was better than my changeup today. Like, at least it felt that way. And I don't know if you guys remember that much or if anyone listening remembers, but in the offseason before the year started, we were talking about Paddock being, like, a really big guy to determine like how great the Padres season can be. And, you know, if he's able to be that fifth starter, like that can mean so much. And, and that was before like the Ryan Weathers hype really started taking off. And like, he became like, well, I mean, now he's in the rotation, but before it was like that for Ryan Weathers. And so he, he was probably going to be, you know, that fourth guy or fifth guy, sorry. And, and, you know, a lot of pressure coming off like that big wild card game and stuff. And one of the discussions we had was what does Paddock need to do to be successful? And we were kind of torn on does he need to develop that curveball or does he need to like improve that fastball and bounce back to that 2019 paddock fastball where it's not fluctuating in, you know, in velocity and stuff like that. And, you know, he's able to locate it. And he's done both of those things in these last three starts since he's been back. So maybe the answer was, hey, he's got to figure them both out. But if he does figure them both out, he can be a dominant pitcher. Um, And I don't know. I don't know what it is since he's been back, but he looks so much better in on so many different levels. Not like just his stuff, just his mentality, especially like his composure when you know a guy leads off the inning with a double. I, I, I want to say it was early in the game. Someone got on second or someone got in scoring position, and this this might not have been in the Brewers series. It might be the, the last time he pitched before that. But he went down like one, two, three, and the guy didn't end up scoring. I think he, like someone popped up, then he struck out a guy, and then someone grounded out or something like that. But it was just like, hey, he didn't completely, you know, fall apart right when a guy got in scoring position because early on the early on in the year, he would go, you know, three scoreless innings and then that fourth inning would come around and get an out, get sec- a second out, and then a guy would hit a double and it's like, uh oh, and then there'd be five consecutive hits and then oh, up, they got to pull Paddock. Um, but it, it just hasn't been like that and he's looked really, really good. So, so shout out Chris Paddock for for balling out this series. I think he's done a tremendous job. Um, but anything else you guys want to add on just this recap before we kind of start talking about the Astros? All right, sweet. Well, I think that's gonna do it for this segment then. So then moving on to the Astros preview. I think there's a couple things that we should talk about. I think first we should go through who the Padres have on the mound. On Friday night, they're gonna have Danilson Lamette, and then Saturday, they're gonna have you Darvish, and then Sunday, they're gonna have Blake Snell. So a good option of, of starters right there. The big question is going to be how long can the Nelson go? And hopefully we see a little bit of a U Darvish revenge game against the Astros, as we know the, the world series history with those two. So hopefully Darvish comes out there, absolutely dominates. I think that's what we all want to see, but Isaac, what do you think about that, about these three guys and how do you think they're going to perform against a very good Houston Astros baseball team?
1: I think it's kind of sad that I'm scared that Lamette's going to go more innings than Blake Snell <laughs> because, I mean, we only let Lamet go three or four, but in reality, Blake Snell only lets himself go like three or four too because he throws so many balls. So it's like Blake Snell needs to have some, some sort of bounce back. I don't know when it's going to happen, but like we were talking about what we gave up for you, Darvish, and what we gave up for Blake Snell, and it almost seems like we got a discount on you, Darvish, and we played – paid like Gucci price tag on um, Blake Snell. And, um, you know, what we've seen so far, it's just like he's had some good games where like against that Do- against the Dodgers, he had that one defensive mishap, but overall he did have a good game through a lot of pitches. But again, that one defensive mishap or even Manny was like, what are you doing? You know, that that cost us uh, quite a bit of that game. But I think Denelson LeMet is also going to be something that we're all going to talk about, we're all going to be looking into. This is going to be his uh, – I want to say his first start ever since he, uh, something happened to his arm. I forgot what it was. But it's going to be his first start ever since then, I want to say. And hopefully he goes four or five innings and the bullpen can handle the rest. And I think uh, that what we've seen so far from the Met ever since he came back, you know, pumping 97. He's starting to get some good movement on that slider again. A lot of positive things coming out of his outings. And hopefully we'll see another positive thing come out of this one. And obviously from Darvish. Come on, that's you. It's easy. Light work. It's going to be good for you. We all know what to expect from you. So I think you
2: Darvish is going to go absolutely bonkers. I'm expecting like seven plus innings, double digit strikeouts. I mean, this is the definite revenge game for you. He sort of revamped his whole pitching, how we, his whole style of pitching because the Astros absolutely obliterated him in the World Series and it messed with him. So he, you know, took a couple of years and, you know, changed how he pitched, changed everything about it. And he, he's sort of grateful for it, but at the same time, you know, that really kind of messed up his career for a little bit. And he was known as a choker and kind of struggled heavily afterwards. So, I mean, I think you was going to go crazy. I I want to see Lamet go long. I want to see him go five, six innings. I want to see him maintain that velocity because if he can do that and, you know, we sort of limit him and in his innings – and his pitch count, you know, keep him kind of how we did with Chris Paddock, his rookie, you know, keep him five, six innings or under like 95 pitches each outing so that he's ready for that offseason. Man, our one through four for or not off offseason, that postseason, our one through four is going to be so nasty. And, you know, I don't think we would lose. So but right now, I think what's important is that. LeMet, you know, still continues to stretch out. I do want to see more innings out of him. Hopefully Tingler lets him go that way. Because then if not, it kind of feels like we're only doing a six-man rotation and we're just killing the bullpen. It That way it doesn't make sense to me because like, oh, cool. Ryan Weathers is going as our fifth starter, but you know what? We're only going to let him go four innings and the bullpen can take the other five. And then we're going to throw LeMet the next game, but we're only going to let him go three to four innings too and then let the bullpen carry the six. You can't maintain a whole season like that. If you're going to do that, piggyback Ryan Weathers and Lamette and then maybe have one other pitcher because, you know what, having a three-pitcher game is its not a bad idea. It doesn't kill the bullpen. It saves some arms. And you know what, you can stretch out your starters still that way.
0: Yeah, I definitely like where you're at with, with you. I hope he has a dominant performance as well. And then talking about the bullpen a little bit, I, I definitely think it's – we don't really know how long Ryan – or sorry, not Ryan Weathers – we don't really know how long Danielson Lamette's gonna go. I mean, we've seen him have sometimes come out there where we don't really know, and then it's oh, it's two innings, three innings, four innings. That's about his, been his range so far this year. If he came out there pitched five, that'd be awesome. I'd probably expect four innings. And I do agree, like, and, and we'll get into the six man stuff at the end of the at the end of the episode, but I do not I'm, I'm kind of confused on like why do you go with a six man if your guys aren't gonna go five innings? It's just kind of odd to me. It feels like it's it's diminishing the the bullpen stamina early on in the year and just going to make them really tired out come October, which really don't want to see that with this team. Um, But then kind of talking a little bit about who the Astros have on the mound, they have Framber Valdez on the mound on Friday. I don't know a ton about him, but he did have a pretty solid 2020. This will be his debut for 2021 Um, on Sunday against Blake Snell. I know I'm bouncing past Saturday, but on Sunday against Blake Snell, it's uh, Zach Greinke, so that's a really tough matchup. And I'll just say, I think that's the the least likely game that the Padres will win this series. And then on Saturday, you Darvish will be going against Jake Odorizzi, and he was on the Twins last year. Ha- has had been a solid pitcher throughout his career, around four ERA for for most of his time. Uh, last year struggled in limited innings, and then this year he hasn't pitched that much, but he has a ten ERA right now, so he struggled. Um, but what's just your your overall gauge on on what this lineup should do against this Astros pitching staff? Um, just for me, real quick. I think that Friday, Saturday are two games where we should see the offense do really well, and then Sunday I think you're going to see a tough matchup against Zach Greinke, who's been one of the best arms in the games for for many years. So, wouldn't expect a ton out of the a ton out of the bats on Sunday.
1: I think what the Padres need to do in order to put up a lot of runs on the Astros just this—they just got to keep doing what they've been doing. Take a lot of bags, you know take the extra base, be aggressive on the base paths. And um, I think that's been the formula for success all throughout our, you know, our recent success uh, through our winning streak, you know, that Dodgers series, everything along the way has been with great base running and hitting. They're finally doing some timely hitting. They've been doing timely hitting a lot more lately, and it's really good to see. So, um, you know, I think those are two very vulnerable pitchers going on the mound for the Astros against us on Friday and Saturday, Sunday, Zach Granke. We all know that's one of the best pitchers in baseball. I remember the first time, this was my first baseball game. Um, I went to go watch the Padres and I think Lauer, Eric Lauer was on the bump and Zach Greinke was pitching. The one guy to go deep twice in that game was Zach Greinke. It was crazy. It was so funny me and my dad were talking about it. We just, we just thought it was hilarious. So, but I think we go to one, I definitely think that loss may be to Zach Greinke, but if Blake Snell is able to go six strong, very good chance we win that game as well. So that's a that's a that's a toss-up game and hopefully it goes our way. Yeah I agree. Sunday's a swing game. It really depends on the snow
2: start. I think our offense can hit Granky. He's lost his velocity since you know when he was a dodger. The thing that he does really well though is he mixes up his off speeds really well and then he'll just throw his you know little ephis pitch that comes out like at sixty to or fifty to sixty miles an hour. I think he has like the slowest recorded stat track pitch from a pitcher and like since they started recording it was like ridiculous It's they like, at forty something miles an hour and the hitter's just standing there watching it so. You know, give one of those to Tatis. Let's see how far you can take it, if he swings at it at all or if it's even a strike. But I ex- completely expect the Padres to hit them. I mean, he throws a lot of off-speed, so hopefully our guys can take advantage of it, you know, but see some of that power that, you know, it's kind of been lacking this season. Uh, hopefully Machado plays this season. I'd love to see him healthy. Love to see Kim get more at-bats too, though. So, you know what, either way, I think we're kind of come out of this with a sweep. I'm going to say it.
0: Definitely would love to see that. So, w- with that said, let's just wrap this this re- uh, let's just wrap this preview up real quick. So, who's your who's your who's your guys' player this series? Who's if we're doing we do our breakout player, but like who, who's just the guy that's going to carry the offense for you guys this series?
1: Mm. <laughs> surprise, surprise again, Tommy Fam. <laughs> no, just kidding. Heck no, not Tommy Fam. Uh, I'm gonna go Jake Cronenworth. Uh, Jake Cronenworth is going to be the guy that, uh, you know, he's going to get on a lot and he needs to, I'm anticipating he's going to be batting second or first with uh, with, uh, with Grisham out. Uh, so really setting himself up for uh, Tatis or Machado to bring him in is going to be very important in this series. So I think Jake Cronenworth, in order for us to be able to possibly sweep and win maybe, or in order for us to sweep or just win this series in general, Jake Cronenworth is going to have to be the guy that just really has a good series.
2: I'm going to say with a guy at the top of the lineup or who's usually at the top of the lineup, I'm going to go pro far. I like the way he's been swinging the bat. He's a really tough at bat most of the time. He can run. He's quick. He can steal. You know, and he hits for pretty solid contact. He's not much of a power hitter compared to his days on the A's, but you know what? He's had some timely hitting, and I think he's going to carry us the series.
0: So I'm not going to pick one guy just because both these guys have been kind of banged up. But I think if we end up seeing either of these guys for two or three games, I think they're going to have a fantastic series. And those two are going to be Will Myers and Manny Machado. I think the the left field wall is is pretty shallow in Houston. And I think those are two guys that they can easily hit out of the park on just like, not even like a, a ball that they really drive that well. Um, so I think that we might see them go yard a, a few times combined this series. And I think that both of them are, are going to win via the long ball, so I really hope we can see a couple of couple big shots from those guys, and especially from Machado, because I mean his his home number numbers aren't that great. Had the big the big uh, RBI double today, but I, I think that we're going to start see, seeing him to start slowly breaking out, and hopefully he's all healthy. Um, I think this is the first time I remember him really being like having an actual like injury in San Diego, so a little bit concerning there. But I think they were just playing it pretty safe, and I I think I mean we saw him come up to the plate in his last two games, so I think he's he's all right, you know, so hopefully he's out there on Friday and he's playing and hopefully see a couple home runs out of those guys. But I think that's going to do it for this recap series segment. All right. So we were talking about it a little bit earlier, but we were talking about the, the pitching, you know, what should the Padres do? Should they implement this six man rotation? Should they keep the five man rotation? And if you guys have been following us for a while, you know that we've been like pretty big advocates of having a six man rotation. However, we saw the, the Nelson, LeMet, Ryan Weathers piggyback, and it was, it was pretty nice. Um, so now, now we're kind of up in the air on it. So I'll let you start out, Isaac. What do you think this pitching staff should look like? Should it be a five-man? Should it be a six-man? And either way, how should it kind of shape out? What do you want these starters to look like?
1: I think come July, I'd be perfectly fine with the six-man rotation, giving LeMet and Weathers their own starts. But right now, considering, you know, Nelson LeMet's still trying to re- recover from, you know, his his injury from 2020. And then he got re-injured again in, in his first start back. I think the perfect thing to do is to still piggyback him with uh, with Ryan Weathers. You know, let them go a total of six or seven innings because, you know, you's going to be our number one and you's probably going to go at least at the very minimum five. And that's like a mediocre start for you, which is, which is awesome. And then number two is obviously Blake Snell. As, as we see right now, we never know what we're going to get from Blake Snell. It's it's really, uh, like, I don't even know what to expect ever. We can hope for six, but we're expecting four. Musgrove, on a good day, will go six or seven. On a decent day, we will probably go four or five. And what what this is all leading up to me, like, for me, what I'm trying to say is that if these guys are only going, let's say Weathers goes four, the, the bullpen has to throw the rest of the game. And then you have LeMet going probably three or four. The bullpen has to throw the rest of the game again. Then what? Then you have Darvish, who's going to give the bullpen a break. But then you have Blake Snell, who's either going to tax the bullpen or save the bullpen. You never know. And then Musgrove again. Um, he's probably going to have a good outing. But then you have Chris Paddock, who, yes, he's come around really good recently. I've been a huge fan of Chris Paddock, but I will openly, openly admit this streak can snap anytime where he may go one, two, or three innings, maybe four, and then the bullpen's taxed again. And we talked we talked about it earlier. The bullpen is not far behind in innings from the starters. You know, the, the bullpen's throwing the most amount of uh, innings in the MLB, and I feel like it's by far. And my whole thing is I don't want to tax the bullpen in May. You know, if we're going to tax the bullpen, let it be later in the year. That's just my whole thing on it. And obviously we were big advocates of the six-man rotation, but now we're kind of backtracking because why are you going to, Why are you going to try and, you know, change something that's not broken? The lament and weathers piggyback has been lights out. It has been the best thing other than you that I have seen so far from this pitching staff. So I want to keep it. Um, Obviously we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So, you know, we can't speak greatly on it, but that's my take on it.
2: Yeah. There's probably a lot of information that we don't have, you know, that the front office does and, you know, Jay Stingler does, but from our perspective, there is no reason to do the six-man rotation right now. If two of your guys can't make it past five innings and two of your starters are very hit and miss, like, hey, Musgrove can be great. He can go six to seven innings when he's on, but we've seen it when he struggles with his location. He's really like four to five innings, but it's really much closer to four. So, and then Snell snell is snell like, there's no really not really a good way to describe him as of right now he's just very inconsistent i'll i'll put it as that but having weathers and the piggyback each other you're ha- then going lefty righty two you know guys that probably will sit mid 90s have some pretty good off speed but they're opposite of each other still and then If you wanted to continue to not tax the bullpen, you could do that. And then you could probably piggyback Chris Paddock and Miggy Diaz because Miggy Diaz has come around in a big way. I don't know if you guys remember when he first came into the league, you know, he was that rule five draft pick, and he sort of never really made a name for himself. He was always like, hey, he struggles with the command. He'll get his strikeouts, but he really struggles with commands, walks people, and then, you know, he'll throw a fastball down the middle, and oh, my God, it's, it's chaos from there on out. I'm really impressed with what he's shown so far. And he's shown that he can go, you know, maybe that three or four innings that we need after a guy like Lamette will pitch or Weathers will pitch. So what I'm thinking we do now is keep our first three, you know, perfectly fine. Cause Snell has the ability to go past six when he's not in his own head and trying to strike everybody out. You never know what's gonna happen with Chris Paddock, so I think we let Chris Caddick go five and maybe the sixth inning, depending on how the game's going. And then you throw Miggy Diaz the rest of the game. And then you let Weathers go four, and then you go LeMet go four or five, you know, or switch it depending on their pitch count. And then you maybe have a closer go out the rest of the game. You either let them both go four, one go five, one go four, and then have one close out the game. You save the bullpen a ton those last two games, minimize the pitchers. And that way, you know what, this may be the most sustainable way to keep all the pitchers healthy, keep them both lengthened out for, hey, you know what, this guy's pitching really well at the end of the year. You know what, we're going to go with this guy as our, we're going to go with these guys for our postseason roster. You know what, having Lamette being really healthy for the end of the year, that changes the whole thing because we saw what happened last year when Lamette went out and we had those bullpen days you never knew what you were going to get and it was really tough to watch. And you know what? Jay Stingler did manage one hell of a game or two hell of a games with the whole bullpen, but the chances are you go into October missing one of your key starters. It's not a good look and we've seen it happen and we know what happens to teams that lose their starters. So, or even just their pitchers in general. So I'd rather just do the five men right now.
0: So, I was kind of thinking about this because I I definitely like the five man right now just because it's been working, but I just kind of, you know, we are talking about, Hey, we don't know what's going on with a lot of these guys. We don't know you know, how much they're supposed to get stretched out, what their kind of plan is with, with the usage. And what I'm thinking is there's a chance that maybe they want to give Darvish a couple of days off. Maybe they want to give Snell a couple of days off. Uh, Same with Musgrove. We've seen him go deep into a few games. If they want to give them an extra day of rest, and that's why they want to implement the six man rotation. I think that's good but I think they should do it for a certain period of time and then go revisit that five to, to keep the guys like Ryan Weathers to Nelson LeMet and and Chris Paddock as well. Keep, keep his arm fresh as well. I mean, we've seen, seen, he was on a pitch count his rookie year, you know, like we've seen him then be careful with him. So I don't have an issue if they're, if they're doing that. I think it's smart to not really stretch out those guys, especially not like past six or a past, let's say 90 pitches. Um, because I know that we had Ryan Weathers came out to uh, in that Brewers series, and he had what was it seventy eight pitches, and they pulled him after four, probably around eighty pitches where they wanted to pull him. So it, it, that's why it worked out. You know, if you have a guy that's throwing way lower, it's fine to pitch him deep in the game, but we just don't want to see these these pitch counts get really high, and don't want to see the, the bullpen taxed a ton either. So it's kind of hard to figure out how do you do that, how do you manage that, and if they're like if it's going to be for a certain period of time where the bullpen is going to get a little bit overtaxed and then it's going to calm down. I get that, but I'm just concerned that it's going to come down to October and either the starters like the Nelson lament or Ryan Weathers have been, have been used too much. And they're like trying to make them stretch out when they shouldn't be to have this six man rotation. And then it, you know, it doesn't work. And I think that's the issue. Also the other thing, just, you got to win ball games. And I think having Ryan Weathers and Danielle Lamette on the same day, I think that gives you an amazing chance to win on that day. And it also gives the bullpen a rest. If those guys can go four and then three or four and four, I mean, that's seven, eight innings. So I think it's, if you're going to bounce back and forth, I think that's a good idea, but that's the big question is like, what are they going to do? What is it going to look like in a little bit? So I, I think it's kind of up. It, it's, like a, a to be determined right now because we don't really know what why they're doing it or what's the reasoning behind it. But I, I think that having Ryan Weathers and Denosle met on the same day is the most optimal thing to do, and I think it's the best way to win. And I also think I want to see those guys in the postseason. I think I think either of them are top. Okay, how how confident are you guys in that in those two? Because I think I think you said it, Isaac. That that combo is the second best part of the rotation, and Musgrove has been amazing. But those two back-to-back is terrifying for any opposing lineup. So, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's so lights out when those two come up. And I, I just liked it a lot. Um, and I feel the same way. You know, don't, don't fix what isn't broken. But anything else you guys kind of want to add on that?
1: Yeah, I just kind of want to add to what you were saying. You go, you know, Ryan Weathers, three or four innings. Let's say let's say Ryan Weathers and Denelson Met throw a combined seven. Then you have either, you know, Pomeranz when he's healthy, Pagan, Big Timmy Hill, you know, <laughs> that's my guy. Um, and then you have then you have Mark Melanson, the guy who's been the best closer in baseball so far coming in. that's all, You could chalk that one up as a W. And now, you know, you're going to have Ryan Weathers throwing four. And then you have Chris Matt coming after him. And I'm not saying Chris Matt's a bad pitcher, but he's not exactly a guy I'm confident in with a piggyback. And then you have, I don't know what's going to happen with Denelson LeMet tomorrow. I mean, that's to be determined. Um, I'm assuming they're going to do some sort of piggyback with someone. I'm not sure. But this whole, like, w- whenever met and Weathers are on the mound, if it was a playoff game and those two were going to be on the bump, let's say it's game seven of a World Series, and it was going to be, you know, Ryan Weathers and Nelson LeMet, I'm chalking that one up to a W. And I know Ryan Weathers is only a rookie. Maybe that's a big-time moment for him. But – I'm just that confident in that piggyback right now. And I think down the road, I'm perfectly fine with the six man rotation if Denelson Lamet is healthy, but the point throughout the whole season is going to be keeping Denelson Lamet healthy. We saw he was contending for Cy Young last year. So, I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I wish we knew more because then we we could give more information, give more insight on this, but that's all I got.
0: All right. Well, I think it's going to do it for this, just that pitching conversation. Um, definitely interesting and, and anyone listening to let us know what you think they should look like and give us your one through five or one through six in the comments definitely want to see what that looks like but i mean i think we're all big advocates of the weather's lament combo i think that's just i think that's one of the nastiest things you can do in an opposing lineup so i'll always like seeing that um also we've seen that just utilized for some other organizations like tampa bay rays and they've been really successful with implementing that type of thing um so at the end of the day got to keep the Nelson Lamette healthy, got to keep Ryan Weathers healthy and got to keep the bullpen healthy. So I think that's our biggest concern with going with the six man rotation right now. But with that said, I think it's time to move on to our final segment of this topic and just want to bring up Austin Nola has been injured and who do you guys think should be called up? Who should come up in, into his place? Should we see uh Jake Cronenworth convert to catcher? I mean, we've seen him do everything else. So is, is that the move right now for San Diego?
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what to think right now. Obviously, the obvious answer is Luis Camposano, but Luis Camposano struggled heavily in the majors, and he's struggling pretty bad in AAA right now. So I don't really know what to expect from him. I don't expect – if he comes up, I don't expect him to catch a lot of games. I expect him to probably catch Ryan Weathers and maybe maybe Denelson LeMet because we know Darvish has Caratini. Blake Snell absolutely hates Campusano's guts. <laughs> well, at least that's what it seemed like in that Pirates game. Joe Musgrove has been throwing really well to Caratini. And Paddock threw really well to Caratini in that Brewers game. So, like, what's going to happen? You know, it's going to be really weird. But it- it's going to be a catcher. It has to be a catcher. And it's funny you bring up Jake Cronenworth. You're right. He's done everything else. <laughs> I mean, uh, but yeah, it's probably going to be Luis Campusano. I really don't think they'll
2: bring up the double-A catcher. I don't know who that is at this point. I really don't know where everybody is, and there really hasn't been a noticeable catching prospect that's caught the eye of any of us so far other than Luis Camposano because, you know, he is supposed to be the catcher of the future. So he will probably get called up again. He'll probably make just a couple spots, starts, just so that, you know, Caratini can get some air under his legs, get some fresh legs under him and you know what i can't really say much I just, like cool if he you know gets a hit in those couple games that he's you know starting just for caratini that'd be great but i think in absolutely worst case scenario emergency catcher it's got to be will myers he was drafted as a catcher you know what he still probably got the hang of it i would love to see it i think that'd be an amazing thing to see him rifling one down to second would be like a dream I just I want to see that
0: that'd be pretty funny. So this upcoming series we'll see Will and and Jake Cronworth back there. That'd be awesome. But no, I I think that that Camp is probably the most likely option to get called up to. I I also I'm pretty sure he's the only guy on the 40-man roster right now that's a catcher. Uh maybe we see a couple other guys, emergency catcher Will Myers, but probably going to see Caratini out there 3 out of 4 or 2 out of 3 days in in all those series. So just, just gives, you know, Victor Clutchettini some more, some more ABs. I'm fine with that. Um, if, if we just utilize our early sample size on, of Caratina on the Padres, I think every Padre fan should be stoked about that. But also Nola, uh, I, I think he, it doesn't seem like it's going to be anything super serious, kind of unfortunate that he was coming around at the plate about a week ago and then kind of slowed up. Wonder if this injury kind of affected him at all with that, but Camisano, hopefully, I mean, he has been struggling in AAA, so hopefully he's able to come up, and I don't think that we should expect a ton of We saw him struggle a lot early on. I don't think he's quite ready for, for the MLB to, you know, to be that everyday catcher guy, but I think we all still feel that he's the Padres' future catcher, um, and I think that we should still expect that from him, but I just don't think we're going to see anything crazy early on. Uh, but with that said, anything else you guys want to add before we take off out of here? All right, sweet. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you all soon.